Hello, everyone. Welcome to Weekly Manga Recap. It's February the 15th of 2023. We're talking about manga today as... I mean, what else are we going to do today? You know, like, is there anything that else going true. on that we should know about? Like, there, I don't know. Is there that... anything else? I never keep up with current events, so maybe there's something going on. I mean, there was always something going on. I just saw an article there before is. we started this that Apple has like a narration product that they used by uh, basically stealing the info from a bunch of like people who were using a third party program that didn't realize that in their contracts it was like, hey, Apple could just steal your voice and use it to create algorithms. They're just like. <laughs> Well, that's that not great. Right. Um, but I mean, like in general, like when is a bad time to talk about manga? Hmm? I guess um, on no manga day, where if you talk about manga, you get killed. Um, oh, I don't. I should really put that in my calendar. <laughs> I feel like that yeah, one's going to okay. catch me off guard. I mean, you're generally OK. I mean, like as long as you don't follow the religion that it's part of. Uh, what religion is that? Um paganism okay i think i'm good i'm not exactly sure what a pagan is but I'm, i don't think i'm one of them <laughs> i mean i think that you've got a lot of company in not knowing what pagans are given the number of nasty things i've heard said about them by ignorant people so wow yeah. um i actually had to check nick we have been slacking we have never celebrated national manga day which is november 3rd ever that's true. I didn't know that that was a thing. So We've, maybe we'll have to. Yeah, this year we're going to have to do it up big. There's going to be streamers. There's going to be balloons falling from the sky. Uh, I'm going to have to invite a clown. A couple, at least. This is, well, this, you... this big event's going, going on. We haven't done a single National Manga Day party. I mean, you you do bring up a good point, and I do think that yes, as a manga podcast, we probably should actually do something uh, in order to recognize the day that 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 we that that shares the importance of. What day did you say it was? Uh, November third. Okay, that's not a Thursday. That's, that's not a Wednesday, so we don't have to do it. Okay, so <laughs> done and done. <laughs> um, wow, this is this this is a unique energy we have on a week where it's like we only have one monthly chapter to talk about. We don't have to talk about my hero. We don't have to talk about uh, Black Clover. So little that there is this week, honestly. Now I, I, we say that there are still like what like ten series. There's to still talk ten about. series. We used to only talk about like six total way back in the day. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. Uh oh. I think Discord heard our haughtiness and and is a uh, freezing Nick on my end. As I was getting ready to talk about uh, the chapters with you this week, I was like, "What happened this week?" In general? <laughs> there's a couple that are that it's like, "Oh yeah, that's a big important thing," but not, not a whole lot. So there's going to be, yeah, there's going to be some weird energy going on today. Uh, but I think that's why people tune in. So good. Do you think? How about this? I'm gonna look up uh, uh, the best icebreakers ever, and we'll just like interview each other in between uh, things. Um, number one, uh, no. when you die, what do you want to be remembered for? <laughs> what a weird icebreaker. <laughs> to be like, all right, guys, we're about to start this three-hour-long meeting. Think about your death in the memorial you'll leave behind. Uh, I've actually thought about this uh, surprise. Uh, it mm -hmm. might shock you to know. I have actually thought about, like, you know, 
generally like what, what kind of thoughts I'll have, uh, not what I'll have, but what I would have, I guess, if I just suddenly died one day. Um, and I'm happy to report that for the most part, if I feel, I feel I came to a, a realization some time ago that was just like, oh, yeah, if I die, then I think that it'd be, I'd be okay with it. Um, it's just a matter of like, I don't want the people who rely on me in their lives to be sad and stuff. So I won't do so. I, so I, I'm not, you know, like, oh yeah, it'll be totally fine. It's just like, but in terms of like what I've done, what I've accomplished with myself and the type of person that I am right now, be okay with it. Uh, I don't have any of those like big regrets of like, oh, I never got to do X thing. Uh, but there are some things that are kind of small that I like to do. Uh, and I guess if I had to be remembered for it, I'd just like to be remembered for doing my best, trying to learn uh, and correct my mistakes as I went as I went on and maybe leaving some little nice memories for people in the form of stuff that I've created or, you know, I don't know, this show that we've done or nice things that I've done for people. I think you would be remembered for being a cool dude who wrote an article about bleach that a lot of people didn't like. <laughs> and I would be happy with that. <laughs> like, you had to I wonder... would be totally fine if like everyone was like, oh, that Nick guy, he was a nice guy, except for people the Bleach fan who was like, fuck that guy. <laughs> except for a bunch of uh, Bleach weirdos who were like, I hate this person. It only um, got weirder in the time since. Like... <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's let's press forward for uh, un poquito, uh, just a moment. Uh, that is to talk about Undead Unlock number one forty six. Sasanqua. So guys, that was our My Hero Academia yeah. discussion, by the way. So <laughs> yeah, what legacy do you leave as a hero? Bleach articles. Uh, <laughs> so we're, we're gonna... what a what a quirk. <laughs> <laughs> Says things about manga that make people mad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that manga dude's gonna hate you every time he sees you. He's like, "What do you say about me, bitch?" You're like, "No, it's not about you specifically. I think you're fine. Like as a side character, I wouldn't want like a whole arc about you or anything." Oh no, it's happening again. No, oh, no. <laughs> oh no. I mean, I feel like you know, I get kind of sick of looking at your face. No, no, I don't. Oh, I'm sorry. I oh, can't geez. help it. <laughs> uh, under the luck, number one forty-six, Sanquil for three. Uh, we open with uh, Yusai, Nick, who I called last week. I was like, I bet they're going to pick yeah, up did. Yusai. Uh, she's fighting, I don't know what, UMA Spike, I think. I feel like we have seen this guy before, but I've just completely forgotten which one it is. Um, I feel kind of bad now because I was literally going to ask you. I was like, have you seen this guy before? I, but if you don't know, we, then I don't We know. probably have, but I, I truly don't specifically remember. Uh, but... You know, Yusai is just like, I've been with you for a week, have I? The villagers must have made their escape by now. For a fool who can't draw our katana, I'd say I've done a good job. And Yume is just like, ah, you're finally dying. I'll be able to move at last, Vessel of Draw. And that's when Fuko shows up and she just shoots it and it gets, like, electrified. It's, like, in the background of everything now as Fuko shoves to be yeah. like. <laughs> the least important thing that's going on right now is that that giant spike monster is being struck by lightning. So, yeah. 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 Fuko's just like, oh, Miss Yusai, I'm here to pick you up. And Yusai, of course, is like, how do you know my name? Just like, oh, I, I know because you've been able to restrain this UMA for a really long time with your own draw power. And I'll explain later. Let's get you back to like base. And we immediately cut to her and she's just she's just feasting because she hasn't eaten i guess in what was it 10 days i think she said or we yeah so yeah uh, i mean there there's a bit of dragon ball energy to the very beginning of this uh chapter because you know fuko comes in on a flying cloud 
Uh, and yes. then we've got Yusai doing the the, the anime uh, eating montage uh, or super fast eating thing. Yes. So she's basically just like, hey, uh, I need to like uh, Yusai is like, look, I'm in your debt. Um, but this undraw ability I have has left me very much like this. Like, what good is a swordswoman who cannot draw her katana? Like, what would you possibly want? And Fuko's just like, there's a lot of things that only you can do. Uh, there's a war that I need to stop, and I'm recruiting members, and I'd like you to be one of those. And it's just like, all right, I guess that must be karma at work. Uh, so we then cut over because this is a very quick chapter, Nick. We got we got it things really to do. Is. We cut over to a Shin, but not that a Shin. This is a Shin nope. the twelfth, the grandfather of the Shin that we knew, uh, and. The Shin is being attacked by another UMA. I don't know if this is one we're supposed to know as well. It looks like uh, acid, maybe, like, or sludge. Or magma or something along those Some lines. Some hot yeah. liquid. Hot, viscous liquid, uh, which is a bad name. for Hot, uh, viscous liquid. Yeah, but it needs to be added to this world, truly, for the <laughs> For everything to like reach its full potential. So There would be so much less porn if not for this UMA, so... That is yes. true. It does. An essential function in the world this creature has. <laughs> yeah, everybody salute it. <laughs> it's giving us exactly what we need. Uh, Thank you for all the sexy times, you weird blob monster. He's like, you're welcome. I know what you Everyone, jerk off to. Like like a half of our chat is just like, yeah, that guy's a trooper. <laughs> <laughs> He's a saint. There's a salute going on in chat. Um... Yusai helps to take it down. She can do all this even without having to draw her sword. There's a lot of jokes that like she'll put things in her mouth. Like she she's like starts drinking from a gourd and she's like, oh crap, I can't get it out now. I can't undraw it or whatever. Which I don't quite understand the mechanics of. I guess someone else has to pull it out for her, maybe. Um, it's a very interesting thing that I'm curious in some of the specifics of. Uh, but they're like, yeah, cool. You saved this village. And then we see this is Shin. He's like, I got to decline your mission to join up with everybody, though. There are more important things in my life and I have to protect them. And we see his family, we see his daughter. And then they're like, oh, and is that uh, Haruka? And of course, Fuko's like, oh, my God. Yes, I remember her from a previous loop. She was beautiful and strong. And until the very end, her unbreakable helped protect me. And the grandfather's just like, shit. All right, fine. You know what? If she helped you, then I'm going to do it, too. And I'm on your team, too. So we really quickly, boom, we got support and we got attack wrapped all up. And then it was like, whoa, hold on. You got to do these things in threes. So we cut to Brazil and the gang is in action because Unseen has activated much earlier than he was supposed to. Uh, Fugo just notes like, you know, it's it's weird. I wonder if God's meddling, but it's also as if all of the members now each and every one of their souls has is kind of like bringing us like hey you need us right well since you do hurry up and catch us so there's a mission right now of everyone trying to catch unseen and they're like going and nico's using like infrared to track and yafuka has a giant butterfly net and they they get uh sean to go into a, uh, an alleyway and boom void is there unavoidable you can't stop him nick and like, boom, we caught him. And, you know, this entire time, Nico's kind of giving like a little thought process. He's like, you know, everyone must really love you. But like, I get it. Like all of us, you're the reason we've come together because being with you seems like it would be so much fun. Yep. 
Uh, so this chapter, as you said, went by incredibly quickly. There are uh, three, two and a half new members that have been recruited to the team in one go. Uh, none of which we knew particularly well uh, from you know the previous uh, loop that well, we've been through. We knew Ashin, but not this Ashin. But we know. Right. I guess we still have the context of what is that full story of Ashin. We at least got, you know, the parts of Spring's flashback that involved Ishin. Uh, So he's the one we definitely know the most about. Uh, And then, you know, Yusai was around a little bit. Uh, I do like the bits of her that we get in this chapter, like establishing that she has difficulty eating because every time she sticks a utensil in her mouth, she has difficulty drawing it out. Uh, But... I don't know. Something about the pace of this did kind of bug me a bit. Just like, okay, we're hitting the fast forward button pretty hard right here. I'm I'm okay with it if we get, you know, not more of this where it's just rapid fire add the members and it's like, okay, here's three more and we'll start doing stuff with like the new group composition from this point. Uh, but this was pretty easily my least favorite Undead and Luck chapter, I think, since this loop started just because things have been kind of getting knocked out of the park constantly. And this was just kind of an, an okay chapter. That's perfectly fair. I do agree with you. It moves very fast. I'm not like super concerned right now. Cause I think this might be an opportunity for them to be like, Hey, once, Oh, excuse me. Uh, once this big war happens, there's going to be a, like a lot of moving pieces, presumably in three different characters to prevent tragedies for. So maybe it's just like, we got to do this really quickly so we can kind of explore those characters leading up to that potentially or something along those lines. Like, I feel like there's still an opportunity to explore all these characters in a little bit more, um, uh, you know, a, a wide berth or whatever. Um, but that said, it also is like kind of like a nothing burger sentiment. Like, I don't know. It's like uh, the the end feeling of the chapter is Nico being like, you know, it's so cool getting to hang out with you guys. And that's that's why all these things are happening. Like, it is a cool detail of like, hey, why is Sean activated now? He's not supposed to activate until much further in the loop or something like that. So there's like an interesting wrinkle of like things might start happening out of order or whatever. Um, but you know, I, I, I'll still follow where this is going because, you know, you don't bat 100, you know. Sometimes sometimes you got a little, you got you to gotta bunt it, Nick. And this is a bunt. It's a safe bunt. Get on first. That's all you need to do. I mean, bunting does help you to bat 100 in some cases. But... Mm, I don't think I know baseball enough to correct you, but I think you're wrong. I mean, that... <laughs> okay. So, anyway... <laughs> Uh, all right, let's talk about Chainsaw Man, <laughs> Chapter One Hundred Twenty Triangle. <sighs> okay, so last time, the incredibly wise strategist Yoru decided, "I'm just gonna make out with Denji, and that'll make him fall in love with us, and then we can turn him into a weapon." And then, of course, Nayuta, the baby Makima, uh, burst through the door and used her powers to stick a chain through Yoru's head. Yoru in this chapter immediately starts barking like a dog. As, Nick, uh, we can't insult Eden Zero anymore for doing weird pet play because now uh, Chainsaw Man has also done it. So thus, parody has been formed. <laughs> eye for an eye. Both series are bad and horny. It's weird. Uh, I'm not even going to comment on the 
false equivalence inherent in uh, your obviously sarcastic statement, as uh, I will instead say equally sarcastically, and Chainsaw Man has never had weird sex stuff before this point. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so Naida starts laughing about this, and Denji's like, "What are you? What'd you do?" And Naida's like, "I turned her into a dog." Well, why'd you do that? Because she spit on my property, which is. Among the nastier ways I've ever heard a kiss described, spitting on it's someone. It's a little gross. Yeah. Uh, Nayuta refuses to turn uh, Yoru back uh, because she's hungry. Uh, and then she says, okay, fine, I'll cook something, but you've got to turn her back once you've eaten. And Nayuta goes, okay, gives a thumbs up. And uh, they just kind of leave... <laughs> They just kind of leave Yoru to sleep with the with the dogs while they eat. Hey, whoa, Nick, let's not gloss over important fact we could see from that panel. Meowie is still there. So that's true. There you go. Happy story. It's nice to see Meowie getting along with all the big huskies, too. It seems terrifying. That one little cat and there's like seven just enormous dogs, just fucking gigantic. They must be incredibly good dogs if uh, Meowie feels that secure sleeping next to them like that. Um, so Nayuta kind of like comedically like pushes away some of the dogs as she's eating. It's like, no, no, this is my food. Stop it. And then she says to Denji, are you sure you want me to turn her back? Every woman you meet tries to kill you. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> she's not wrong. She's got a point. How does she know this though? It, it begs two questions. One, Denji has already told her that every woman he's met has tried to kill her or two, Every woman since they have met has still tried to kill him. By the way, Asa did try to kill him recently, so she is not wrong. She's completely correct, yes. Um, but And she says, like, hey, well, what makes you think that this girl, this dog, she doesn't even call her this girl, is going to be any different? And then she says, it's the feeling I get. It's just, just gut instinct. Uh so Nayuta's like, I mean, I guess that you don't die, so I guess it'll be fine. <laughs> uh, but she says that she's got two conditions for turning Asa back. Uh, and uh, one is, you've got to let me eat ice cream every day. <laughs> well, now Denji is a shrewd negotiator, though. I'll do it if I get to have some ice cream, too. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Two children realizing that no adults are supervising them. <laughs> Uh, and her second condition is no more getting friendly with her. And then she's like really upset with this. But Nayuta says, look, it's better off this way. Trust me, I don't like her scent. Uh, and then she's like, her scent? Does she smell like wet dog? No, that's a good smell, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> These two have been together for too long, I feel like. <laughs> um, so Nayuta's like, you can't get friendly with her anymore. I'm going to alter her memories so she thinks you stood her up today. And then she's like, but then she's going to hate me. Uh, and she says, why does that matter? You're going to stop getting close to her now. So then she's like, all right, you come first, Nayuta. And uh, Nayuta, in one of the big examples of how she is very different from Akuma, just flashes a random victory sign. She's like, yeah. <laughs> So immediately cut to Asa waiting outside of their school, uh, having 
quote unquote, been waiting for Denji at the spot they agreed to meet at. And uh, it's getting dark because she's been waiting there for a while. And uh, Yoru starts talking to her and says, like, yeah, I think I think we've been stood up. Maybe he just isn't into you. I mean, he seemed like he was into you when we were on the aquarium date, but maybe we'd just be better off if we just targeted a different guy. This is quiet for a second. And then she says, he must have just forgotten. Not that I care. We're just going to go on the date. We weren't to stay away from me. I didn't want to spend money on dating. And I admit that I felt, you know, maybe the slightest desire for human touch for a moment. But that was just because I was confined in a small space with a member of the opposite sex for an extended period of time. And it was the hormones kicking in. And my priority is to beat the chainsaw man anyway so I can get my body back. I prefer solitude, actually. Poor girl. So if you ever need to explain what cognitive dissonance is to someone, here's a page for <laughs> it. Because <laughs> she practices it in real time and she just escalates it incredibly quickly. And yeah, I just feel bad for this girl who doesn't have any friends. I <laughs> Doesn't have anyone. Yeah. And she I, thought she had someone that, she, that, was, that was interested in her and in getting close to her. And she doesn't. <sighs> it's so sad. So Asa, you know, tells herself all that. She's still very obviously upset, though, because she slumps uh, and kind of leans her head against the wall. And she's like, I shouldn't even care. Why? Should, why, why what, what's wrong with me? I should just care about getting my body back. But then she looks to the side because Yoshida's there. And uh, she's like, what do you want? And he says, well, what are you doing? Which, because, you know, she is slumped over outside their school near nightfall with her head leaning against the wall. So fair question, I guess. Yeah. So she says, well, I'm not doing anything. And, and so he says, well, in that case, will you keep me company for a bit? <gasps> Nick. Uh, What's going on here? He's a fuck face and a fuck boy. Don't believe anything he says. I don't trust Yoshida one bit anymore. Um, Don't trust him. Uh, There is another little detail that we saw before that the fake chainsaw man uh, knew that Asa was going on that date. So Mm. that could be the end then for Asa figuring out that something happened to her memory as well or something like that. It's entirely possible. We didn't see specifically him like see that happen, but I I do feel like that is going to be that's definitely going to be brought up in some way. Um, This is like this is an interesting chapter because on one hand, this is the first time we've seen Naruta in the series. Like, (laughs) you know, we actually get to see like what is Makima's reincarnated child sister clone thing uh and it's very interesting seeing that uh as someone who's been raised by denji who is just just a mad boy (laughs) with very little tact and decorum and it's interesting just seeing that personality shift of how different Mm -hmm. she is with this influence in her um so that's really exciting um I don't know if I'm like crazy excited for this development because maybe it just feels like we're moving backwards as a story. In this moment, it definitely feels that way. Um, 
But that said, like, I do also kind of like this weird subtlety that's like, no matter what, no matter what form she's in, Makima just keeps preventing Denji from ever getting together with somebody. Like, it's she's constantly yeah. interfering. Like, there's like kind of this bittersweetness to him being like, you come first, Naruto. So, yeah. And I mean, it. I, I did make the note of like, oh, this is like how different Naruto is from Akima. But there are some very strong hints of like, not all that different. Obviously, there's the fact that she is still controlling a big chunk of Denji's life. Uh, she lashes out at people that she, you know, doesn't have use for. She has no problem with turning people into her dogs. In fact, when there, one of the things we kind of skipped over is the fact that while Yoru is conked out, she just kind of like leans against her like she's she's her dog and she's lying against her like a pillow. There's also a few kind of poses that she strikes that are very reminiscent of how Makima would hold herself in certain ways. Uh, so th- it is very, very clear, like, no, no, this is there's still a lot of Makima in her. It's just that fortunately she's not currently a genocidal maniac. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I'm interested to see what the hell Yoshida has planned for our heroine uh, and what he's his smug asshole face is up to. So. Indeed. Let us move over then to Akane Banashi, Chapter 49, Fetching Tea, Part 3, as uh, the series is celebrating its uh, big one-year anniversary with yeah. this, uh, this color spread. All my of, favorite uh, characters. DJ guy, the one girl. I don't know who that is. I think that's the dickhead. Oh, Aurora. Uh, I think that's uh, what's his face? Uh, nerd boy, sexy boy, monk boy, old boy, boy boy. <laughs> boy boy? <laughs> he didn't have like a defining characteristic for me, so he's just the boy boy. Okay. <laughs> uh, so. Akane has gone into the second half of Fetching Tea after the uh, the ruse of the Oiron has been revealed uh, and uh, the deceit has been seen through by her client. And so uh, the, the next part of the story is that another client who has been hearing this story is like, oh, well, why did I go see her? Because the other guy's like, I don't want to do anything to do with her. Um, so we get a bit of a conversation between Urara and her assistant Mayura. Uh, and uh, she says, are you like disappointed that I chose to pass her performance? Amira says, well, no, it's just that her, her version of fetching tea, which is kind of a more developed version of the way that she did it at your first practice session. And you said then that she wasn't suited for it. And Urara says, yes, the mark of a professional is to deliver exactly what you intend to. The first time she tried to perform like me and she served that instead. And there is a imagined visual of Akane in like a fancy chef's uniform saying, I've brought you fine French cuisine. And she presents her a bowl of katsudan. And Meyer is like, so what you're saying is she didn't deliver what she was going for then. And Arara says, yes, but if she produces the same thing on purpose, then I have no problem with it. And then it's Akane and her 
in a katsudan shop and she's dressed as if she's serving for there and she's like here's your katsudan and she presents katsudan yeah, and uh, it all turns out this is yeah so there was i saw a few different people reacting to this it's like this is just like a very very straightforward metaphor of like just presenting anything for entertainment purposes and fictions like do are you doing the thing that you mean to do is a great measurement of, of something's quality most of the time so yeah um so we've kind of had this thing built up of like the real draw of the story of fetching tea is what happens after the oiron's failure is exposed and so uh, our master in the wings who was watching this is thinking like oh is she going to be able to convey this and the way the story progresses is the man that the story was told to who is now a client of the oiron's goes to visit her and uh he basically deliberately throws stuff back in her face so like when he sees her he screams in rea in in reaction and then he tells her a story of like oh you know i was eloping with my lady love that brought me here to tokyo and she sold herself into a brothel to raise the funds for me to start my business and help me get my business going but she fell ill and passed away and now i run into you three years later and you look just like her the spitting image and the oiran realizes He's using the line that I used on that other asshole before in order to get in his good graces. Now he's just throwing it back in my face. Uh, but, of course, she's got to control herself, and the guy starts to get kind of smug about it. Uh, and so he says, oh, I want to keep visiting and supporting you, so would you entertain someone like me? Uh, and the Oiron gathers herself and says, sure, you can visit anytime you like. And then he says, oh, and when your service is up next March, I'd love it if you came to live with me at my home. So would you be my wife? But the Oiron has stood up and has walked out. Uh, and so in this moment, the master realizes this is actually a lot like what's happened between Akane and Rien over with their argument over tea leaves uh, the, the way that they are quibbling over this. So this must be why Urara actually chose this story. She's challenged Akane to live through and draw upon an unpleasant memory, but she succeeded in actually learning from it, and she's turned it into a weapon of her own. Uh, and the story concludes with the Oiron saying, oh, you're going to need some more tea, so I'll go and fetch you some. Which and they said the title, Nick. <laughs> hey, they said Tachachindi. Which I don't know if I fully grasp the point of the way the story concludes. If it's, I think that the point of it is that despite the Oiron's screw ups, it's still hammering home on the idea that an Oiron can always turn down someone that she doesn't like. Uh, and I guess that's kind of what she does in this in this moment. I don't know if I'm just not reading into it properly. I literally was trying to find like a thing about this Rakugo story so that I could understand it better. And I could not find anything about it in the limited research that I did. So I feel kind of bad that it's just like, I don't get it. <laughs> I, 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 mean, I, I fully admit I don't really get it. I get like a certain extent of it as it like the lesson like it's like hey she uses a weapon to deceive and then gets kind of tricked or whatever 
and then you know has this guy who, who basically uses that to kind of take advantage of her and is like angling it to kind of like get more because he's pushing is like hey why don't you be my wife or something like that so she kind of has to eat her lumps but at the end does have like this authority to stand on her own foot and be like oh but i have to go fetch you some tea right now you know i i, I am actively the one who is in control of this conversation um I guess there's also the implication that he also has been using the tea tears trick. Yeah. And I guess she's kind of subtly calling him out on his manipulations by pointing out he's run out of tea. Yeah. But I mean, if the point is like she's seen through it and you know that from the from from the way she's reacting in the story to have the reveal of like she sees through it is a little bit odd to me so i just think I just... uh because uh my brain is rotted there should be a post credit scene where maybe thor shows up or something like that <laughs> that just like kind of gives you an idea of like all right but don't worry guys fetching t1 wasn't so crazy but like fetching t2 uh there's gonna be a couple asgardians and it's, it's gonna be pretty wild <laughs> <sighs> they got so... they got to fight against uh the crimson dynamo or some other <laughs> Just dog shit villain from Marvel. <laughs> Someone's got to take down the Wrecking Crew. I guess they already used them in She-Hulk. That's so, they were yeah. in She-Hulk. I had such a nerd out moment when I was when I was telling Nicole. It's like, no, they're the Wrecking Crew. <laughs> They've got magical wrecking implements. <laughs> did you feel at least a little embarrassed as you did it? You're just like, you no, don't understand. All of them understand. have a different wrecking item. Their names are the Wrecker and Pile Driver and Bulldoze. <laughs> oh God! So anyway, <laughs> um, Akane's uh, performance goes over very well. It's a big, big, you know, mm. laugh from everyone at the end. They're all applauding, and uh, Rokuro talks to the master afterwards, and he says to him, "So have your concerns been addressed?" And he just says, well, I underestimated her. I'll leave it at that. Um, and uh, he also admits, I feel like the only one who actually foresaw this was Master Urara herself. She starts from checkmate and works backward. That's how she always operates. And it could, but it could only have worked if the girl had the potential to fulfill Master Urara's vision. Those two have really done a number on me. They truly are very willful women. And uh, we get the closing shot of just the two of them, like side by side in a split panel, uh, you know, Urara, you know, going off to go do her thing uh, while Akane is just kind of basking in the satisfaction of the moment of having mastered this new story. So. Yeah, it's a good it's a definitely a good story. Um, it's a good little closure to this arc. Uh, I wouldn't ever I, I probably wouldn't say it's my favorite like story connection we've seen with with uh, Akane. But I do really like that last panel it was like super cool. Um, and I even like is just being like, damn, those two really have done a number on me. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These two women roll. I, I, look, I look like a fool now. Yeah, I feel like this was kind of. It was a bit of odd to have the last chapter say, oh, this is where, you know, everything pays off for Akane's performance because, I don't know, I didn't quite feel that same excitement over everything as I did in the last chapter. I felt like last chapter was the actual big climax of this story, and this was just kind of the everything wrapped up nicely uh, closing to it. But it was still nice to see everything wrapped up nicely closing, and I feel like this is 
a nice chapter to have be like your one year anniversary celebration thing of like, hey, Akane did a good thing and she's taken it a step forward as a performer. So that's good. good. I, I want like I wish like every kind of one of these like uh, a battle manga. It's not a battle manga series did what this series did for like three chapters where it's like, here's where fish uh, fetching tea really starts. Like I wish we had gotten like a, a Shokugeki where someone's like, this is where uh, Soma's fucking apple fritter really starts. And then someone's just like burp. And they're like, no, oh, tastes kind of good at the end. Yeah, it's actually very pretty nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's when it's going down, it's pretty good. But when you burp it out, that's, that's like where the, the experience of eating it really begins. <laughs> oh, my, like their mouth explodes. We're like, holy shit. It's only once you let a little gas out that really the whole dish just comes alive. Is there pineapple in this? Oh my god. <laughs> but Soma, how did you ensure that they would belch at the end of their meal? Ah, that's the real secret. <laughs> I've been hiding chili beans in my apple fritter. I Taco Bell in my apple fritter. <laughs> that seems like a, a contrast to flavors. Oh boy, let's uh, move on to Bubba Blue Box. Bubba Blue chapter. Box, Chapter Eighty Eight can't stay like this. Last time, Taiki uh, was very judgmental about Yumeka, uh because he thought that he had her all figured out and basically said as much right to her face. So she slapped him, uh, and although she is very clearly just shaken about what he has said. Uh, but we find out why she's really upset uh, in a bit more detail now. Because uh, after, after, you know, Yumeka's just said, it's like, oh, you're not the person involved. And so he's like, well, that's my opinion. It's a bit late for that, for you to say that. She's already slapped you to say that. Um, and Yumeka says, you know, like the way you're looking at me, where you just are so convinced that you're right, really pisses me off. And Taiki's like, I didn't make a face like that. You clearly did. You actually, you absolutely did make a face like that. Um, she tells him that to just, to just drop it. And Taiki points out like, Hey, you got involved first and you're the one who made it ugly. Uh, and Yumika is throwing out saying like, well, Natsu's slacking off when she said that she was going to, you know, dominate the country. Uh, and Taiki says, well, she's practicing. She's trying hard. And Yumika says, well, she used to practice way more before. She's as good as she is because she would practice twice as much as everyone else. But if she's just playing around now, there's no way she's ever going to get any higher. Uh, and Taiki is shocked by this and he wonders if really Yumeka is actually just worried about Shinatsu uh, which may be if you know you didn't throw around accusations about stuff you might have like figured that out by talking to her in a different level but I guess this is fine you found out this way it all worked out it they're, all worked. Fri they're friends now well yeah you know and he's been punched in anger the way that friends you know whatever we weren't friends until you slapped me that is fundamentally untrue. <laughs> You're correct. Actually, I, I'm now recalling that now. <laughs> In fact, we've never hit each other ever. That's a mark of good uh, friendship. So, uh, Taiki and Yumeka are, are kind of interrupted because someone kind of calls Yumeka over. She leaves and Taiki realizes, like, yeah, the, these two can't, things can't stay like this between these two. Uh, he goes home. 
uh, wakes up the next day, I believe, or gets home, or is like going to set up for practice, I think. And uh, his uh, mom is putting together the bento boxes. And I do love this little exchange that they have where where because she's like rushing to, to get stuff together. So she's like, put pack, pack the food into these boxes. And so he says, what did you what did you sleep in? And she says, those Korean dramas are too captivating. <laughs> it was my TV's fault for making me stay up late. I want to use that excuse as an adult all the time. Someone's just like, why were you late to this? You're like. Stupid Star Trek Next Generation. It's fucking fascinating. I can't stop. It's their fault. Yeah, I'm watching it. Uh, Chinatsu has already gone off ahead. Uh, so Taiki's mother asks if he can bring her her lunch uh, and just kind of like leave in front of the club room. So Taiki is tasked with putting Chinatsu's uh, meal together. And so he kind of like wonders like, maybe I could like write a little message that's like, good luck. Nah, maybe maybe I won't do that. Uh, but I'll give her lots of good sausages and vegetables, and I'll give her the prettiest fried egg. Uh, and he puts in so much food that he, they can't close the lid on. It's just like, God, such a weirdo. Uh, it's like it's, just it's like, adorable. I'll give her lots of good food. <laughs> uh, so. He sets off, gets to the gym. He's got uh, his lunch and also Chinatsu's lunch. Uh, the basketball team is hard at practice because they've got a tournament coming up and they're preparing for it. Uh, and there's all this kind of palpable tension in the air. Uh, and Taiki, you know, notices Chinatsu while he's talking with a fellow club member about this stuff. Uh, Hina comes up with uh, with her friend and uh, they and Taiki just like, oh, good morning. And there's a bit of an awkward pause, and then she says good morning and you know, walks off. I miss uh, Hina. Yeah, me too. Uh, Hina's friend kind of stays behind with Taiki for a second just to say, look, I know she's acting like that, but her routine in rhythmic gymnastics is in top form right now. So, you know, maybe you're not having as much of an effect on your on her life as, uh, as, as I thought that it would. Taiki's like, what the fuck is she talking about? I was like, I don't understand. I don't understand people ever. Uh, Taiki uh, does not fortunately uh, uh, get caught leaving Chinatsu's lunch for her. He just kind of like leaves it outside the club room, which he had been planning to do. Uh, and uh, Chinatsu like recognizes the lunchbox. So she's like, oh, why is it here? And she looks in the bag and there is a not Kit Kat, but Cot Cat bar, which I understand uh, Kit Kats are very popular in Japan. There's like a bajillion different uh, yeah, flavors. Yeah, I had them. They're them, all so. the same. They're all. <laughs> I, I got a box of like a variety of Kit Kat flavors, and I was like, yeah, these all taste exactly the same to me. Fair enough. Uh, but she gets a little bit of a smile, like, oh, isn't that nice that, that I've got a little, little treat here? So, uh, Basketball practice goes on. Uh, there is a member of the team who kind of like hesitates. Uh, and as a result of that, the ball gets stolen from them. So Chinatsu goes over to her uh, after they, you know, are like kind of breaking. And she says, hey, Yuna, um, you know, about that play earlier, you know, you could have taken the shot yourself because, uh, you know, when you tried to pass the ball, Sayo was completely covered. So, you know, you don't need to panic so much. You know, I think you could be like a little bit more aggressive. And if you want to practice a bit more, then I could join you in the mornings or after practice. 
and you know clearly gets like very flustered and panicky and she's like i know that look i'm just i'm just not very good and i know i'm holding the team back and don't assume that we can all like put in the same effort that you do and then there's a very awkward pause for for a second and she's like oh i'm sorry no i i'm sorry i just snapped and and Shinatsu says it's okay i'm not perfect either so let's just both do our best and then Chinatsu flashes back on when she was first starting basketball and you know she was getting to the gym before everyone else as a kid and Yumeko was like hey don't you ever like consider just like skipping practice and playing video games instead and Chinatsu was like oh I gotta I started playing later than everyone so I gotta practice more so if I don't practice even one hour a day I'll never catch up because if I practice one hour a day that means an, an extra day of practice every 24 days and so I I don't have time for other things. And you make a said, I mean, you know, you can think like that, but whether or not you can actually do it is a whole other thing. That's your talent to be able to do it. So Chinatsu's got a talent for hard work and dedication in, in uh, you make eyes essentially. And uh, yeah, so What's going on with the with the basketball team? Is, is, are people getting kind of frustrated that Shinatsu is such a workhorse that they can't keep up? Is this a Mizumachi situation, Quinn? What's going on here? Oh, this is yeah. Everyone hated that fucking dickbag Mizumachi. Well, everyone, everyone on his swim team hated him because yeah. he was always working so hard. So. Yeah. Um. I don't know. It's a very interesting thing. It's definitely like a new dynamic to see like somebody on her team is just like, hey fuck you like i know like i know i suck we're not all you or whatever and then like oh sid i'm sorry and of course shinatsu's just like so nice and perfect she's like oh don't worry about it like let's both do our best but i i think by this point we've seen that like that's not all shinatsu is and i'm very curious to kind of see more like this this has the potential to be i think one of the more interesting stories in uh all of blue box so far it's just like who was this former teammate of Chinatsu and like really what did their relationship come down to? Like what what does the fact that one of them just left basketball altogether really kind of mean for Chinatsu and stuff like that? Um so there's there's definitely like a lot of like intriguing stuff going there. I do also like that Taiki is like back to just being like a silly dork in this chapter is just like i'm gonna make sure her lunch has all the best stuff and her mom's like i physically cannot close this lunch <laughs> you have to change this so but i put the prettiest egg in here <laughs> she's like yeah well that fucked up egg's gonna save a lot more room so throw it in there champ <laughs> um so yeah I, I think there's a lot of like good stuff in there um this is a good chapter i, I think i'm more intrigued for what this means going forward mm-hmm. yeah uh this is definitely i think a big chance to explore more of uh chinatsu's i guess lingering teen angsts on honestly like at like you said it's she always has that appearance of being very perfect but you know a chance to kind of delve into stuff that does bother her will, will be nice all right, Quinn, let's talk about Cypher Academy. It's time morg, to morg. Morg, 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 morg. 
It's chapter 11 of Morgan Time. You can't win against a code and a crying child. That kind of explains Boruto, honestly. When he gets code and a crying (laughs) child. Who's the crying child? Damn it. (laughs) Fucking little shit-faced little dork baby. Uh, I guess guess we could say he cries. I don't know. He's always got a shit. I cry when I see he's evolved in a chapter. Oh, Oh, no. So... Last time, Yugata had challenged Iroha to a syllable battle. And we get the rules kind of recapped on our cover page here, where we've got Yugata done up in like kendo practice garb uh, stuff. Uh, And so the cards are dealt. So we know what syllables each of them are actually able to say. Of course, uh, it doesn't really mean anything when you're looking at what they're saying in English, because I mean, it's nice that we have the syllables there on what they have to say, but oh boy, there is so just a, a, a Goliath amount of work that has to be put into translating this series and truly outside of like a few specific people, like a fraction of it can even be appreciated. Yeah. Uh, so Iroha starts off first, uh, and so he's like, okay, a question and answer session. So there's one question I definitely need to ask. And so he's thinking is what was the meaning of the code that you gave me before? Like, what were you trying to say with that? But he starts to say what, uh, and this was about as far as I got in terms of my Japanese, like, uh, understanding, uh, was he's going to say what, which is nani, and he's got the syllable for na, but not ni. So he basically is getting as far as saying na, and then it goes, oh, I can't ask the question because all of these syllables I want to say in my question are invalid. Um, so it's like, what do I do? So you got to just think for a second and just, and, and you know, words her question in a way that she could ask it with and if, you know the wording is kind of weird which is like cough up the a, a corporate association you're fond of which is like a, you know you would never word a question this way but uh you can you know do it so Yoroha has to think for a bit and kind of like move stuff around his and be like oh uh lazy inactive committee and so then things kind of like ramp up a little bit you've got to ask him a bunch of other different things which are really just kind of like random questions you know, uh, what's a color that you know? And he's like, dark gray. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so you know, you got just like, all right, K gloves off. And we get two back-to-back, two-page spreads of you got to asking questions and then Iroha answering questions. And they're like, you know, you got to still in that very calm pose where she's got her legs crossed. Yeah. She's got her hand to her chin asking question after question after question. Iroha's like, ah, he's going to you know, draw a sword syllables flying past them in the background. There are a lot uh, of very revealing answers. And there his. are, he talks about how all of his friends are dead, how he was abused the only reason yeah. is in school is because he had to go here. Like, there's a lot of like, like his father really, forced really big him. Stuff. I think. Yeah, 
he says that he was he only came to the school because he was forced to by his father. Uh, and, you know, there's like a couple of little bits of like harmless trivia, like how, uh, you know, uh, I, I I've, you know, been confessed to and I've confessed to someone, but I've never actually dated someone, that kind of thing. Uh, he talks about how like, oh, you know, Toy Story is a story that I like, you know, but and, you know, some stuff we already know. And then, yeah, like you say, he brings up stuff like. I had a, some nice friends. They all passed away. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Uh, he also says that he has trypophobia, which is a fear of weird patterns. Which, dude, you want to like be a a cipher solver? How are you going to do that? <laughs> um. And uh, he's like barely clinging on after this point. And of course, because he can only react, he can't even think to ask any of the questions that he wants to ask uh, Yugata. And he's really starting to struggle from it. And so, like. Uh, he also has an explosives handling license. I yeah. Wanna... <laughs> How? <laughs> Uh, he also, this was a weird detail that I that I gravitated towards. So I want to share with you a little bit of the research that I did. He says that his first crush was Suzanne Antonko. So I was like, who is Suzanne Antonko? So I looked it up and it was actually hard to find this information. Suzanne Antonko is a character from a manga that ran in the 80s who is how old a, is this child <laughs> yeah well i mean it's been established that he likes a bunch of manga but uh it's from uh a series called geki gokutora ika and Suzanne Antonko is like a member of a student council in that series. And she's very tall and has masculine features, including a mustache. So I guess she's a joke character. This is kind of a joke that his first crush was on, you know, a silly joke character, I guess. So, all right. <laughs> and that's just as important as finding out that all of your Oho's friends died. So... <laughs> Yeah, it's a real mood whiplash. He also says he'd marry his teacher if he had to marry someone in his class. Very safe answer, honestly. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> so, uh, silently, uh, um, Tayu thinks to herself, like, Iroha, do you know why young children are so honest? It's because their vocabulary is limited. So they don't have embellishments. They don't know how to deceive people or avoid the question. They only know how to speak clumsily and naked. This verbal slit cut by half question and answer session isn't a game. It's legal torture. <laughs> and we see Iroha's a crack forming in the universe centered on Iroha's heart as he's being tortured by being ex having to expose his, his secrets this way. If you do not love how extra this series is, I don't know what to tell you. This is grade A Shonen Jump melodrama, everything to the nth degree. This is so much. 
so much of our audience hates this series now. <laughs> and I'm just over here like, this is great. I truly don't understand it because in my mind, I'm like, brilliant. <laughs> Marvelous. Um, so you got to take, quote unquote, pity on Iroha. And just like, all right, let's just kind of bring this all to an end. I'll let you ask one question out of compassion. And she just kind of gestures silently to Iroha. But she thinks to herself, like, what are you even thinking about asking when you're you've been worn down this way? And and we get presented a very difficult puzzle, which Iroha asks, and he can't voice it properly because it involves forbidden syllables, but he just says it out loud anyway, which is why don't wars go away? How long will people keep killing each other? And he realizes too late, like, oh god, I, I just completely zoned out, and I and I and I asked a, I, I did a verbal slip, and I also asked a really childish question. And you got to suddenly stands up, uh, and she says, "You can speak normally." I mean, you 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 verb, you verbally slip. The code battle is a tie because you slipped up. And I couldn't find the words to answer your questions. So the score is tied. Aww. She's got like a big grin on her face. Yeah. And uh, so uh, she walks out of the room. And as soon as she walks out, it's revealed that Toshisai was listening in from outside. Uh, not too surprising. And she's kind of upset about, that, about how you got to do this. She says, I never told you to go that far. Um, and you got just like, you know, I couldn't find the words. It's true. And I never imagined that he would ask such a childish question, but I won't deny. Yeah, I wanted payback for Yukako. And uh, uh, also, she, you know, because Toshisai starts to address her, she calls her Tayutan again. And she says, look, stop calling me that. We're not little kids anymore, young miss. And uh, she walks off. So Iroha is left in, in the uh, infirmary by himself. He's looking at all the cards that are still there laid out in front of him. And he tries to kind of like, you know, pep himself up mentally for a second. Like, oh man, I, I did my best. I mean, it's I, I feel like I've kind of been, things have been going too easily for me so far. So this is just kind of the results. You know, I've got all these like childish ambitions of stopping wars and saving people she was just you know correcting my arrogance there's no reason for me to feel hurt and then he just clutches his hair and he starts crying while grimacing in frustration uh over this and he's just like I, i've been treated like a child and patronized and belittled uh and so he's like i i feel so humiliated so never again never I'll never lose again to anyone against any code. So this is a shonen series, uh, in case you didn't couldn't tell. <laughs> uh, I really like this chapter. Yeah, this is like an awesome chapter. Like, all this crazy stuff is happening. He gets this big hero moment. We get to see that, like, Toshisai actually has, like, uh concern for him and there's like some kind of interesting dynamics with her and her lackeys it's you know there's there's good stuff here 
Um, yeah, and it's there's all the details about Iroha that we really haven't heard anything about before, but they're they, because they're sped by in this montage, we don't get any details on them that are very intriguing. I feel like the big thing that is currently holding this series back. We talk sometimes about how, you know, like you you especially brought up the point when we ever we talk about like a sports series is the key to a sports series really really being good and successful is relating to the audience why it is important and cool. Uh and I feel like this series hasn't really done that with code breaking yet. Mm-hmm. It has not explained what's cool about it and why it's important. When honestly, it, I, I know that it knows why it's important because of the position that the characters are in at this academy where they're trying to raise code breakers and Iroha is trying to, you know, s- save a guy's life by solving this, this, this puzzle that he's got that he can't break right now. If you can crack codes, you can change the course of history. That has happened. World War II was essentially won because the Allies cracked the Axis codes and the Axis uh, codebreakers couldn't crack the Ally codes. That is why the, the war was won in a big way. And if some sort of point like that can be made by this series and really stress, like, this is why what they're doing is important and then bring home, like, this is why what they're doing is also cool this could be a very good series. There's just kind of flashes of it right now. And this is one of those flashes. Yeah. I I think I I do think there's like a level of hoping this series at one point kind of kind of pulls away from feeling like it needs to create like intricate puzzles we can understand and should just like get wild and like make it something that like, I, I don't need to follow along. I don't need to be able to solve this puzzle at home or whatever. Like, you know, go go crazy with it or whatever. And uh, I think there's, you know, um, I think there's a lot of potential to this series. Uh, as much as we joke about morgues and how it's like untranslatable, uh, I, I actually am enjoying reading it. So, yeah, okay, good chapter. Yeah. Let's talk about Ginka and Luna. <laughs> chapter 21 two on two <gasps> so like a tornado tag match nick yes or a regular tag match but yes no yes. you both people can't fight in a regular tag match nick that's illegal you get disqualified right. if you do that it's always very stupid but yeah. yes it can happen so guard guy and luna are facing off against Bad guy mages. I don't think that they say their names at any point in this chapter, honestly. Uh, so guard guy uh, is upset because last chapter established that the flowers that they're stepping on have, you know, it takes literally decades for them to grow. And so <laughs> he scolds them for that. And then one of the bad guy mages is just like, oh, who cares? Stops on the flowers. <laughs> just like, I, I am an evil dickhead. This guy's just like, Oh, did you fucking fucking dying old man or whatever like these flowers? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually kind of charming for how like abruptly it was like a feel bad for this man and his flowers that he cares a lot about. And then this bad guy shows up like, I'm going to stomp all these flowers. 
Oh, so uh, immediately the guard guy uh, starts fighting him. Uh, he manages to slash through the guy's torso and arm and stuff, uh, which shocks him. And we get established like, oh, there is a band of warriors who developed a new way to fight back against mate magicians with blades. Locke, guard guy, is a descendant of these mage breakers. Uh, and uh, so the other evil one who is the, the, the girl with the ribbon, uh, she's like, ah, he exploits openings between spells and uses projectiles to sever vocal cords and stuff. That man has fought our kind before. But unfortunately for him, that won't work against dark magic. And uh, the guy where he's been cutting the arm, his arm just splits apart into a bunch of arms. Ah. Some of which are making wacky gestures. One of them slipping him off. One of them is flipping them off. One of them is doing the kissy kiss uh, too sweet gesture. Uh, And uh, one of them is just like, I'm just going to giggle. That's what that gesture is called. Yeah. So, so, oh no, the sword attacks won't work on him. So, so Luna tries to attack, but she's intercepted by the other, the other uh, dark mage. And she's got these big cues, which deflect uh, Luna's attack and they break her spell apart. And, and, uh, and she says, yeah, the shadow that I've conjured consumes the radiance of magic. So your spells are powerless against it. Uh, So, oh no, one has an advantage on one and one has an advantage on the other. Uh, and uh, so they keep on fighting, uh, and um, there is a cool bit where they kind of tag team Luna a little bit because Arm Guy punches through one of the shadow cubes and it teleports over to where uh, to where Luna is, portal style, and punches her. So neat. Uh, and uh, so. The, the arm guy is like, you guys don't even know how to work together. You're no tougher than those farmers from last time. And Locke, the guard, says, farmers from last time, you were at the village during the massacre. That was your doing. How can you be so vile? And they're like, eh, we're evil. That's how. Yeah. And uh, so arm guy goes to attack Locke. But Luna's back up on her feet, and she blocks it by being Luna. She just kind of does it. Which, and uh, she says, you know, all those people that you killed, you, they, they had hopes and plans, things they wanted to do the next day, food they wanted to eat, and you took that away from them. And Locke has a flashback. <gasps> when Sasuke was a young boy, he trained every day with his village of ninjas and his clan, and it, 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 it's a very, it's a very, like, he he's he's the the shonen antihero and his whole clan was killed kind of thing it, 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 that 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 is what happened yeah. uh, a, an asshole showed up and killed his entire clan of mage breakers so and honestly what the guy says so much for the vaunted mage breakers fair enough uh, <laughs> we we are, we are like, turns out you split. dudes kind of sucked <laughs> You are a village of people who specialize against mages, and I, mage, killed all of you, so what the hell? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But he specifically left Locke alive because, as a child, you still have potential. I'm going to cast a death spell upon you. The only way to dispel it is to kill me. Come for me with all you can muster. Seek my name. I, the great... Schmitachi. 
What if it's Ginka? So, uh... <laughs> That'd be wild. He murdered his whole family. Just, to, just because. Yeah. He's like, it was to teach you to put your clothes away at night. <laughs> you weren't doing that? You are kind of throwing them on the ground? So I came to teach you this lesson, and I did this big dramatic thing. I was like, get stronger and kill me. Because if you were strong, you'd put your clothes away. That's what I'm saying. Are you putting your clothes yeah. away at night? I'll take everything from you again if you're still not. <laughs> Weird arch enemy story. I'll tell Santa you haven't been a good boy. Yeah. And I'll kill Santa too. I just want you to know that. I'll rip his fucking head off and put it on your lap just to show you you haven't been a good boy. So yeah, uh, so his entire his entire clan was killed by an evil mage. So it makes his reaction when he's talking to the guildmaster in the next page, where he just says all magicians are jerks. So it's like, oh, what a well-adjusted kid. Honestly, <laughs> he's gonna seem to have just come to grips with all the trauma that's that's come his way. Um, but uh, you know, he was also told by the guildmaster that hey, there are good magicians. Eh. Uh. But so Locke says in the present, look, I hate magicians. That includes you, Luna, but I want to beat these guys. So for that purpose, let's work together. And uh, so Luna starts uh, conjuring some like ice uh, wave things uh, there. The evil mages uh, are able to dodge out of the way of them. And when they get close to the horned arms guy, the shadow cube girl uses them to just kind of like portal them away from him uh, to safety. So then Locke rushes in, tries to attack the shadow cube girl and a horn arms guy is like, ah, you idiot. And he jumps through one of the cubes to block the attack. He blocks it with his arm and he's like, ha ha, my sister, because we are siblings. This has not been established yet. My sister handles the magic attacks. I take the physical ones. We have an unbreachable defense. And then he realizes that there is ice creeping over his arm because Luna put a spell on his sword. Gasp! Who could have foreseen this happening? A strategy um, never thought before. So, yeah, uh, Mr. Our uh, Defense's Unbreachable guy is like, Ah, sis, our, our unbreachable defense has been breached. Help me. Uh, so she's like, okay, well, we've got to withdraw right now. And uh, Locke just immediately cuts apart all of her cubes. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yep. And uh, Luna finishes her off with the, this, like, dashing ice attack. Uh, thing that uh, takes her out and so it looks like uh, the the good guys have won this fight yes uh i mean it's pretty brutal at the end because like there's ice shooting out of her mouth too out of her mouth <laughs> so yeah she's that's gonna be pretty bad um look uh i don't want to say ginkgo loot is not long for this world <laughs> And I, I, I maintain that I think having Locke as, like, the counterpoint to Luna is a better move than what Beretta and whatever her the other girl's name was. Beretta uh, and Anemone. And, and look, Anemone. look, it's not that he's a better... Uh, he's, it's not that he's a better fit for her. It's just that Beretta and Anemone are too busy dating right now, so they can't go on the adventure with them. Mm -hmm. So that's mm -hmm. why this has happened. Uh, but this is... Um, this is a bad but this is like this is a very forgettable shonen battle moment like this fight's not particularly interesting their powers aren't particularly like fascinating their motivations are like we're gonna stop on your flowers <laughs> and you're just like all right man sure which is fair like sometimes you just do these things early on um but i i just don't i don't know if this series has like a whole lot still left for me to discover <laughs> 
It's okay, Quinn. I've been braced for 20 chapters for this to happen. It's going to be fine. So, hey, you made it longer than the Guardian Witch, and that's 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 an important thing to a lot of people, I believe. That is incredibly important to me actually <laughs> thank god that this lasted longer than that very weirdly drawn series honestly Ugh. all right quinn i have a puzzle for you okay so here's the puzzle <sighs> pasty pawn of the patrimonial lord punctures his potent pedigree Okay. Patron of the... Pasty Pawn of the Patrimonial Lord. Patrimonial Lord. Punctures his potent pedigree. Punctures? Is he hit like his family member? Hmm. Is it Edge? No. Okay. Oh, that's that. That it was. Uh, yeah. I was trying. I was I like, I don't. See where you got that. I, I was like, I'm trying to like go along because I was like punctures. I was like, you could spear something to puncture something. So I was like, all right. Um, it's uh punctures is a much is much more general for this meaning. Okay. It's not specifically a stabbing thing. It's not. It's not a vampire. It is not a vampire. No. Okay. Uh, because there's only one true vampire. <laughs> His name was Maple. Um. <laughs> <laughs> of all the ones you could have referenced <laughs> um pasty pawn that's kind of almost what i want to like focus on mm. pasty pawn i mean there's seamus that's the most pasty human being on the planet but i don't know if it's seamus i think i've given you seamus before okay pasty pawn who else is just astronomically white <laughs> when you get right down to it is this like a, a mid-tier wrestler or lower uh not right now uh. <laughs> hmm. i think i might be stuck on this oh wait it's not very wide right no okay I, uh, I think i'm stuck on this one this is about Sami Zayn. Oh, he is really white. I should have been thinking Sami Zayn. Pawn of the patrimonial lord. He was following the bloodline this whole time. And uh, now he's the one who's kind of like uh, fracturing it. Seemingly. He's hot. You know? He's very hot right now. Uh, can't wait till he loses Saturday. <laughs> yep, that's going to be how it is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Nick, I also have a uh, challenge for you. Yeah, let's uh, do it. I have a wrestler. I'm going to give you a minute. And let's see if you can get this. Ready? Okay. Yes. Set. Go. Are they an active wrestler? No. Are they alive? Yes. Are they male? Yes. Were they uh, an active wrestler in the last 10 years? N yes. Okay. Uh, were they uh, like WWE wrestling in the last 10 years? No. Okay. Uh, were they like uh, doing just like minor appearances in that time? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, are they older than fifty? Yes, I believe so. Okay. Uh, have did they win any championships in WWE? Yes. 
all right did they ever wrestle for wcw uh no not that i believe okay uh are they currently working for wwe i don't believe so no any other wrestling company that you know of no okay uh did they win a tag team championship yes uh world championship no okay uh united states championship uh so uh i'll be kind and i'll say intercontinental to that but that, that okay is your that time. was gonna be one okay if one i see if one tag team kind of active in the last 10 years but not really uh-huh. over 50 So my mind is going to William Regal right now, but you said they're not working for WWE right now, and he most assuredly he is. is. Yes. So he, so it can't be him. Uh, I see titles. Is it? Is it? Nope. That nope. No, can't be him. I almost said one, but it can't be him. <laughs> I, I I immediately clicked it off. I was like, nope. Based on stuff she said, it can't be him. <laughs> Oh, this is hard. <laughs> All right. Um, so, so, so. Oh, they're, so, they're all too... All the ones that are coming to mind are too famous and successful. <laughs> is it... No, he never won that shit. <laughs> We have time this gonna... week. We have plenty of time, so you, you can uh, really right, work this all right. out. All right, give me just a second. Continental champions. Is it Ken Shamrock? It is not Ken Shamrock, but you are absolutely in like the right period essentially it's a billy gun <laughs> no i'll i'll call that the l at this point uh rikishi is who i'm talking about he won yeah Continental yeah. tag team titles with he was, too cool he uh he left wwe officially back in like mid 2000s but he has like sporadically showed that. up but he's also apparently also been on the independent circuit like, yeah, not showing up to his son's wedding. <laughs> <laughs> not mentioning too cool in his Hall of Fame speech. He's just not really. He's just, you know, sometimes. I don't put them on this list because they're paragons, okay? It's just like, who can I think of? Okay. Uh, every time, I'm sorry, every time that I think of Rikishi, I, I think of the fact that he's like the last known thing that. The last, like, mention of him on anything WWE related was him not showing up to his son's wedding. <laughs> what a legacy to leave behind. <laughs> hey, oh, man. Yeah. You know, uh, oh, that was a good one. He was I busy that weekend. <laughs> um, all right, let's... Let's talk about for two from us this week. Oh, that's unfortunate. Let's talk about pa-pa-pa-pa-pa-pa. So, it's chapter 68. Da. With da-da-da-da. Oh. 
<laughs> With Dada Sensei's creepy fucking eye staring into your soul on this. Well, cover don't page. worry, Nick. You won't have to deal with too much more. Oh, wait, uh, never mind. Never mind. I read the chapter. You have, about to, him. You, have, you have to read a whole Oh, uh, so last chapter ended inexplicably with Dada Sensei just being in a room in the school. <laughs> just like, uh, it turns out that it was because uh, Furusu was going to come and talk to him, and uh, she officially comes to talk about how she, you know, you know, is like work is like wanting to change her major, uh, and so he says, "Oh, okay, I know someone at this university. I could talk to them." So you're actually, you know, you're gonna, so you've decided you're, you're going to be conducting, and she's and she's. Very, very happy about this decision. You can tell she's excited about it. She's like, "Yeah, I've decided," and she's smiling. Oh, good for Furusu! Yay! Uh, and uh, he says, "Like, okay, yeah, good for you." Um, and then she gets kind of embarrassed. And she's like, "Oh, sorry, uh, your your classes are really fun." <laughs> like, she doesn't want to like make this into an insult towards him. Um, but he says that the school does not have a conducting major. So he says, so why don't you just, you know, continue studying piano until you graduate, and then that'll still come in handy for a conducting major. Uh, but, you know, the stuff that he was saying before, where he's like, I know someone at this universe, so I can talk to them. So that's really nice. Mm-hmm. He's like, I, I know a few people that'll help you out with this. So it's not what you know, it's who you know. But uh, after they have that nice little discussion, Furusu gets kind of sad. Uh, because she says, yeah, uh, so Lucky went to visit his mother's grave today, and he's been really down lately. And actually, it's like, like, uh, she kind of trails off. And Dada Sensei flashes back to when he was in front of a butter potato stand and a yakisoba stand. It's very important that we establish. He's like, oh, these are two beautiful sights. I, I'm so excited by the wonderful sights I'm going to see today. I can't wait to turn around and be equally greeted by an equally pleasant sight to my eye. <laughs> <laughs> so, I've been standing here the whole time. Do you have some water? I haven't drunk any water in 25 years. <laughs> I was actually in front of you when I got here. You just ignored me, as does the specter of death. I elude him daily. <laughs> so- Do you ever think about death, Data Sensei? That's right. I act like you're my teacher. <laughs> That's the weird little game that I like to play. I mean, I'm definitely thinking about death looking at your face. <laughs> like, Jesus. Good. Keep thinking about it while I noodle around in there. Like, I'm uh, going to leave him. I'm going home. Don't you want that yakisoba? You were staring at it. No, I don't want any. Nope. I don't want to eat anything ever. <laughs> as long as it means I'm around you. So I'm just gone. More for me. Huh. <sighs> So, I guess the conversation started up with the first line that we have from this guy, which is, let's talk about the Starhead boy. That's what he says. That's, that's how they start talking. Yeah. Uh, so, he wants to talk about Lucky, and he says he's an Otogami, and to them, being a genius means something exists within them, like an instinct. But humans aren't animals who live by instinct only. The human brain is large, after all, to survive. 
humans need to learn good things. Like how to creep out death so he'll leave you alone like I did. Good is something made up to suit the circumstances. So it's scary to affirm everything. Once you find out it's good, then you should decide based on your instinct. And Dada Sensei had a very, very wordy reaction to this, which was question mark. And I'm glad that there is someone confused by another character's dialogue in this series, whenever it happens, because it makes me feel like, oh, good, I haven't lost my grip on reality. This is supposed to be weird. Yes. And uh, so, yeah, I just concluded with, I'm sure that he'll become a wonderful human being. I look forward to listening to him play when he reaches that place. And so Dada is thinking in the present, in other words, who is Sonoda? I didn't really understand what the maestro, the maestro was talking about. Lucky is an Odogami, and he has an immense genius within him. That performance. You could experience it with such a soft sound. It was similar to my miracle in the past. And I guess he's just been having this all flashback and train of thought completely in silence while staring into space because Furusu finally asks, like, are you okay? <laughs> Uh, he's just like, ah, oh, Sonoda just needs time, so don't worry about it too much. He's just been through the death of his mother. He'll be fine. Just leave him alone. Cool. Um, and he's like, just focus on yourself first. And immediately Fur is just like, okay, smiling, walks off. So, yeah, all right, cool. Um... And then Dada thinks to himself that just because we have that in common, as in the sound, the performances that they had, doesn't mean we're the same. And he walks down the hall, and we leave the building and go into the past. When Dada, not Sensei, had stupid. I'm not going to say what was stupid about his look, because all of it was. So I don't want to go. I'm separating myself from Nick because this is what somebody is like. Actually, this is like a deep religious thing or something like that. I'm not stepping on that. I will just say I appreciate that this school apparently has zero uniform guidelines. Yes. My guy is walking in with a fucking. I can only hope it's a tank top, a leopard print tank top, because that is a wild fit to just rock into with class. If this is like an actual religious thing that I apologize, I can't get a good look at it. So <laughs> he's got markings of some kind on his scalp. So I don't know if it's a fashion thing or if it's anything else. Uh, so and yes, he's got his still his he's continuing the leopard thing that never went away, apparently. So, yeah. Uh, and uh, he is approached by another student named Wowniza. Yeah, I remember she was um she was like the um the person at like a big event. Actually, I might have been before you started reading, so maybe you don't remember her. Okay. So he's being called over by a teacher, and uh, so uh, they get a we get a narration that says, "I'll tell you a little about the past, about Hideo Dada's past." Oh man, it's the thing we've all been waiting for. 
Got a uh, backstory. I will say that if this series is getting canceled, it's definitely taking the, the wildest route to like get, like get to the end where it's like, you know, I know we've all had some big pressing questions. We're going to answer them. Starting with, of course, what is Dada's backstory? And I'd be like, I forget Dada exists until I see him. And then I'm like, oh, right. You are a character. Oh, someone has just told me in the so in the chat. Kalanza says his head just has Dada written on it. That might be like a religious thing. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) He might be Presbyterian and they tattoo their names on their foreheads or or on the scuffs of their heads. I don't know. I I don't don't want to criticize him. Um, I will simply say uh, I imagine there's somebody out there who is like they're, they're fucking hyped for this Dada arc. And I am happy for, for you. I am Good happy for you. for you. That is a road I will not be joining you down. I will follow that chapter, but I am. This is like cool. Like this, this, this the end Quinn. of this chapter is like Quinn. When I set down the when I set down the road of of PPPPPP, you promised to walk me every step of the way. But when I look back, I see that there are times when there is only one set of footprints. I thought that you would be with me forever. Why did you abandon me those times? Oh, those were the the story arcs involving Dada Sensei. So yeah, I knocked out. <laughs> I let you carry me through those. <laughs> Imagine how much funnier that Jesus thing would be if it was just like, and you carry Jesus this way. That's why they only one say, "Look how strong you are." <laughs> I just jumped on your back, and you gave me a piggyback ride. <laughs> Uh, yeah, good times. Uh, Nick, let's talk about Mashal Magic and Muscles Chapter 143 Mash Burn Dead and the Withered Arms. I feel bad, Nick. Uh, I was almost gonna have Austin on this episode solely so I could be like, Look, this might be it. I think this yes. is your last chance to see that I'm not gaslighting. Look at the joke fighting, look at it, look at it. <laughs> it's very silly. So, yeah, the eclipse is about to happen. Mash has his little sword combo thing that works, and then you know, Innocent Zero is like, Boom, fine, clever girl. I'm gonna make snakes. Ooh, he sends a whole bunch of snakes at it, Mash. And Mash's sword. Snakes that have clocks on their heads with mm-hmm. chains dangling from them, and dangling from the chains are their eyes. Yes. It's kind of metal. Could be an album cover. Uh, Mash loses his sword. Uh, he gets brushed by one of the snakes. Now his other hand is all old, and Innocent Zero's like, you're done for. Like, is that your best? You're, you're nothing now. And Mash is like a serious expression. And then the page turn, and he's like, he has nothing and then Zero's like I guess he's given up and then Mash kicks a shoe into his mouth (laughs) and he's like what the fuck no (laughs) I mean what else could he possibly do (laughs) then a pillar hits him in the face (laughs) he hit it with a shoe and then the next shot's like a pillar just cramps in the face and I was like knocks the shoe out of his mouth (laughs) he's like oh He's holding pillars. So Mash is holding these pillars. Between his legs. With his legs. And everyone's like, what the fuck? And then Mash just starts swinging this pillar back and forth, just smashing him with it. Uh, And uh, he's like shifting his body around like he's like a fucking snake so he can like swing it like a bat. 
Is he can't use like, his hands anymore, so he's got to crawl on just his shoulders. Yeah, and it's at zero. It's like, I have to escape and keep my distance. And then he gets hit with another pillar. He's like, how did he catch up to me? And yeah, Mash is like crawling on his shoulders. And he's like, all right, fine. Then I shall take to the air. And now I won't. <laughs> he just gets it again. And Mash is like, I threw it with my legs. I got more. <laughs> he's cracks another pillar. <laughs> he just starts throwing a shit ton at him. Um, uh, Finn is like, oh my god, Innocent Zero's taking a pounding. Mash is truly incredible. But uh, Innocent Zero's like, well, shocking. You're far more shocking than I imagined, but it's a shame that you were too late. At the time of the eclipse, I will be able to unleash my true power. And the eclipse happens. Big glowing light, full page spread. Innocent Zero hovering in the air. Absolutely powerful. And Mash is like, only during the eclipse? That kind of sounds like you got a raw deal. <laughs> so utterly unimpressed. I like, oh, your power's going to last like five minutes, dude. Come on. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> oh, tough. man. Yeah. It's a, it's a really fun chapter. Uh, I love uh, so many of the just like sudden smash cuts. Uh, I love the visual of <laughs> Mash turning a pillar into a sword. He swings with his legs. Uh, it's great shit. Yeah, very funny. Oh, let's talk about the elusive samurai. Let's Chapter do it. Ninety-seven Kamakura, thirteen thirty-five. Uh, so Suye introduces the very important character, the general Mura Tokiaki to Tokiyuki, and uh, so he's at first like. Oh man, he's never gonna trust me because I betrayed the Hojo. So he starts to apologize, uh, and then Tokyo is like, "No, no, no, don't!" And he's like, "What? What? What's the matter?" Oh, I, I, I wanted to avoid someone else trying to commit seppuku in front of me. Don't kill yourself. Oh, he still remembers. So he's like, "Yeah, okay, I won't." But uh, then Yura's like, so wait, so you are you saying you don't hate me? You don't mistrust me?" And Tokyuki's just like, "It's not my nature." And Yurishige says that I need allies. Uh, and then he looks up at Mura and says, you're really tall. Do you think you could pick up Mount Fuji? And Miura is like, hmm, Mount Fuji, that would be quite a task. But yes, I'd pick it up and I would toss it to the Tang Empire. Takuya's like, yay! <laughs> it's honestly... It, this did more to make me like Mura than anything else that we've learned about him before. Like, I don't give a shit if he, you know, is impulsive. I don't give a shit if he's a good fighter. He's he gets along good with this stupid kid. That's that's all that I care about. It's nice. Uh, and uh, then he goes off to, to lead like a group of troops to like cover their retreat and stuff. And also, it's established that you are Shige's divine power is returning, so he's able to say everything's gonna be okay. Uh, and, and he knows this because they're near the Suragaoka Hachiman Shrine nearby. Uh, and now he says it's time for Tokyuki's big return to Kamakura. So the army moves towards the city, and Tokyuki's return is likened to um, a kid traveling to their grandparents' home by themselves for the first time. When it's like, I mean, okay, I feel like Tokyuki's been through on a bit of a bigger adventure than that. 
just a smidge, just a little one, just a little teensy know, bit, just a little bit bigger than that. So, uh, so this big army is riding out, and there's this really neat, uh, like two page spread, but also split. So it's just like the top half of two pages, and we see this army riding together. So all the all the most important characters are in the foreground. It looks neat. Uh, and uh, there is no enemies in Kamakura. Everything is safe and secure, so they aren't going to have any opposition going in. And Tokyuki's getting more and more excited as they get there, but he's also, and as they're getting closer, he recognizes all these different landmarks, and he remembers when he would go to see them with people that he knew in Kamakura. Uh, you know, that the, there was a temple, there was this landmark, uh, and he just remembers all these different places and how he had visited them before. Uh, and he remembers playing hide and seek with his brother uh, uh, on this one pass that they get to. Aww. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, I'm distracting all of us like that. <laughs> and uh, they get to the shrine that uh, Yoroshigi had remembered, and uh, Tokyuki remembers uh, what his father had told him, how, you know, oh, I'm weak, and so you've got to be active in my stead. You've got to be strong. And he, Tokyuki dismounts from his, from his horse, and he races up the steps, and he remembers all the things that he has been through, all of the horrible opponents that he has had to face and overcome, and he remembers uh, how the village was just in flames when he retreated, and he wonders, like, what what's the site going to be when I am finally back in Kamakura. But when he gets there, he sees that the damage has been repaired and there is a large crowd of people all, all gathered there to greet him. And he looks out over the expanse and he's overwhelmed by emotion and he collapses into tears and Yoroshika wraps him up in a big hug as we get a recap saying that on this date, uh, Tokiyuki reclaimed Kamakura it was the most tumultuous and grandest comebacks in Japanese history. Oh, big okay. emotional chapter. Yeah, I mean, look, this is like a big thing. Um, you know, a lot of like good moments here, a lot of like sweet little catharsis and like, you know, satisfaction. Um, just done the series here. I know what happens. <laughs> I don't need to get into it. <laughs> Uh, look, I feel like we don't, we haven't had a lot of momentum in the elusive samurai of late, um, for a little while now, really. Um, it feels like it's been a few months since I've been like really actively excited by this series as a whole. This is a nice moment in isolation. I will say yeah. it would have definitely felt better if I had felt better just about the stuff leading up to it. Um, but yeah, yeah. <clears throat> little man is excited to talk about one piece that's why he's here that's why he popped all up right. all right all right let's talk about one piece all right prof, prof let's talk about one piece chapter 1070 he doesn't want to now he's done all he's, right Mark he's like he took too long <laughs> oh his breath oh he farted nah <laughs> <laughs> this is all this is just a punishment for me i'm so sorry <laughs> oh, okay so bad <laughs> all right so an egghead <laughs> I love you, but no 
You need to get away from me with that butt. Okay. Carry on. A pass. A pacifista is attacking the Navy. What's happening? And not only is it a pacifista, it's the pacifista Mark III. It's super big and super strong and powerful and stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, so everyone's like, oh shit, it's the pacifista Mark III. Lay down your arms, men are all dead. Okay. Yeah, this is a bad uh, one. This, this, this guy's rough. I mean, we've seen what regular pacifistas were able to do and then mm-hmm. the upgrade one, so... Uh, and so everyone's like, what the hell? Who's, who is giving it orders? Because pacifists can't act on their own. So we cut to the Fabrio phase, deeper inside of the egghead facility. And, uh, it turns out that that, 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 that the guy who got killed did not get killed. We really were sitting on that reveal for, oh man, three chapters, I guess. Sent so tomorrow, Nick? Come on. He's fine. He's fine. Um... And uh, so I guess it seems that he's the one issuing the orders. Uh, but the, so they're like, no, "What's going he, on?" I don't think there? he's he's not the one issuing. Nope, the orders. he's not. Nope, because he asks like, "What's uh, how's the pacifist doing?" And then it sounds like something's going on uh, up we, there. I would presume the one giving the orders is Saturn, who we were introduced to mm-hmm. like last week. We just don't see him in this chapter. Uh, but yeah, that that pacifist in Mark Three will definitely handle the situation. But what if we had fifty of them? <laughs> Uh, so there's a lot of these. Um, oh boy! And uh, so as well, the, he, pacif- he he takes control of the pacifistas, so yeah, that the- he he can get it. He wasn't the one that was starting their attacks, though. I don't think. There or maybe was. One. Maybe maybe. I guess I don't realize who was actually attacking the pacifista in the first two chapters. It's just dudes in suits, and I'm like, it does. I it guess does. that's anybody. I don't know who that is. Uh, so uh. Uh, he he says like, well, the Navy is looping his communication to prevent us from getting updates. So I guess I'm a rebel now. So I might as well act like one. Pacifists Mark Three deploy. Fifty of you, <laughs> and they just all start marching off to wreck shit. Uh, and as they do, he uh, he orders them to make sure your creator gets off this island alive. Uh, I feel like that'll be okay. It'll be fine. Uh, when when is the when have the pacifistas ever been a bad thing? Uh yeah, name one time. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Luffy has been trying to find Bonnie, can't find her. Uh, and uh, he's been searching so hard that he's all puckered out now. He just, he's all tired. Look, Luffy, the guy who you know fights for hours on end. He's like, I'm tired. I was running around and didn't find someone. I'm tired. Also, his hover boots broke, so he had to actually run. Oh, poor boy. Yeah. His future is not what it's cracked up to be. <laughs> Get it? Because it's egghead cracked. There was la- there's layers to this. It's wild. Yeah. Like an egg. No. Well, eggs do have layers. Shut up, Nick. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but then, oh, God, which one? Vegapunk 2? 1. Vegapunk one. 1 says, well, Bonnie's around. I can see the entire lab on the monitor here. So what were you bought? She's been here the whole time. And Luffy's just like, why didn't you say anything? Uh, Brooke and Zoro and Stussy all show up in um, lap of, you know, egghead attire. Um, Stussy's got pants on. I'll give her, I'll give her does that. Does she? I don't think she does. 
I don't know. The, uh, Maybe. I think she's wearing it the same shade as her skin, so I'm going to say she is. Uh, yeah, I, like it would make more sense if they're like skin colored tights or something like that, as opposed to just all the women deciding to run around in essentially bikini bottoms for no reason, and they're like yeah. future. <laughs> In the future, women will be objectified. <laughs> Same as today. <laughs> In the future, women will have no need for pants. <laughs> <laughs> A thing of the past. Noel's like, finally! <laughs> yes. Uh, the only person who is prepared for this new dawn. Uh, I like I like uh, Brooke's helmet. It's, it's, uh, it's very silly. Yeah, I I wish characters had more designs like that. Uh, and Zoro's very f- puffy jacket, like it's very big. It it doesn't look like the kind of thing that a swordsman would want to wear. Honestly, no, <laughs> very restrictive. Uh, so Vegapunk one says there's two anomalies going on at the moment that we're suffering from. One is the disappearance of the Stella. The other is the loss of control over the Frontier Dome. Uh, uh, Vegapunk uh, is fine now. Her head's been repaired because they got replacement parts and she is five. She's fine now. Uh, She pokes her head like through a a hole in the wall and she's like, I'm here. I'm fine. And we can Uh, also see that York is uh, fucking gigantic. (laughs) Like she's walking by in the back and you're like. She's twice Brooks height. Yeah. So. Um, and, uh, also they, that means that they can't leave the lava phase because they don't have control over the dome. So they can't open it up to get themselves out. Uh, and he says like, look, if we try to get out, we'd all be fried by lasers. Uh, so of course, Usopp and Chopper start to freak out over this and he's, and, uh, he's, cause they're like, they're supposed to take Vegapunk off the island and Vegapunk one says, unfortunately, Vegapunk is missing so what you can do is help to find the stella and i'll try and figure out a way to repair the dome uh and frank is like okay but what's the point of us looking for vegapunk if you've got monitors that let you see the whole island and you can't see him uh vegapunk one says well normally you can see everything in the lab but after the damage that the seraphim caused there's cam snails that at, at certain stations that are, are either gone from their stations or they lost consciousness so we've lost some cameras basically yeah so that's why we actually need to send people out to find vegapunk and bonnie uh so uh they uh he's in touch with some of the other Vegapunks. Uh, Nami says like, okay guys, let's, let's, let's join the, the, the search. Stussy goes to, to, to do it as well. And Sanji immediately is like, oh, you're an attractive woman. And then I love this moment. Zoro's like, I guess I'll search too. And Sanji's like, no, <laughs> you can't, don't leave. Don't go anywhere because who will look for you? <laughs> And yeah, I mean, you're like Chopper and Robin are all like, just stay here, just stay here. And so I was like, look, I don't even know what they're talking about. I've never gotten lost before in my life. <laughs> um, so he just hangs out on the couch with with Luffy while they look over Kaku and uh, oh god, I always forget his name. Luchi. Luchi. That's why. <laughs> so they're just like are just kind of like looking at them. And they're like, huh? Oh well. I haven't even thought about like Water Seven in ages. 
hope all... Ice Guy's doing well. <laughs> it's all I ever think about, Luffy. It's all I ever think about. <laughs> so we cut to the Paul room where Bonnie was touching her father's memory. And she is now within the memory and she approaches a large child that she recognizes as as Kuma, as her father. Uh, and he's very beaten up. Uh, and some guys uh, rush over to him like, I found him. You got to get back there right now. If you escape, they'll kill the last one of us. But uh, Kuma did not want to go back. And he said, I don't, don't send me back to that horrible place. Uh, and Bonnie was is trying to get closer so that you can see what's happening. But no matter what, how much she runs towards it, she can't seem to actually get closer to get a closer look at things. Uh, and so these guys are insisting that Kuma come back, but he says, like, I don't, I won't go back there. Kill me here instead. Why bother going back? I'm just going to die anyway. And so the guys oblige and start beating him with bats. Poor kid. Um, and so, of course, this really upsets Bonnie. Uh, and like, there are these like flashes of some images of buildings, of uh, I guess uh, the other the pacifistas being created. There, you only like see very small silhouettes. Uh, and as Bonnie is uh, reacting emotionally to this, she is ejected from the memory paw. Um, she can't see it anymore. Uh, there's a very brief cut outside to where Kuma is climbing up the wall uh, and then cut back to Bonnie and she realizes, I guess this is something that I can't actually take unless I'm actually fully prepared for this. So I've got to see it. I, I can't move on unless I know the truth. And she reaches out for it again. And so we join Vegapunk 4 at that point. He is looking around for Stella! Uh, he literally says it like that. And then an explosion goes off. Boom! Ah! And we cut one more time in this chapter. <sighs> Nick, do you remember this character's name? Morgans. <laughs> he has a full, he has a title. Uh, he is the number one news guy. I don't know his title. He's big, no. he's big news Morgan. Big, big news Morgan. So big news Morg. Uh, <laughs> says what? Shit, he is a Morg. <laughs> What an incredible scoop has just landed in my feather lap. And he's just going to call him Denden Mushi. He hangs up and he says, The world government is currently undertaking an assassination of the great Dr. Vegapunk. They're going to kill the world's greatest mind. It's the Ohara incident all over again. But the government's picked the wrong fight this time. Vegapunk's a beloved figure. The man whose energy development brought light to every town in the world. And with him just happens to be this guy. <laughs> so they know Luffy is there too. So... He immediately starts to spin doctor this. He turns to his crew. But to something, 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 baby. Just turn it around, and That was the spin doctors. Okay. <laughs> Straw Hat Luffy, Emperor of the Sea, wages all-out war with Navy and Egghead, holding Vegapunk hostage. The government should be very grateful, and I'll need you to collect their gratitude in liquid cash. So... Uh... Any news story will do as long as it's for the sake of his profit, I guess. Yes. But someone is upset about this and says that's a preposterous excuse for a story. 
And um, so I know I know we all knew that she was okay. I don't think we all knew that she was going to end up with big news, Morgan. Nobody. Vivi's here. Yeah. <laughs> and also, Warpole is here. <laughs> Okie dokie. Um. So so much is happening in this one panel as we are re 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 reintroduced to Vivi, the Princess of Alabasta. And Wapple, the king of the evil black drum kingdom. <laughs> um, and uh, she's like, Luffy would never do something like that. This is why I hate the World Economic Journal. And Wapple is like, you shut up. What if the government learns we're here? They'll kill us. Um, and uh, so, yeah, uh, he is being a sycophant for Morgan for harboring them. Uh, and he's really very paranoid. Uh, and Morgan's just very unbothered by Vivi criticizing him. And he just says, you were bawling your eyes out yesterday, little girl. Don't try and tell me how to do my job. This is the newest man of the world. And I'm the mover and the shaker. So oh, yeah. uh, I, I, I've, I've got to admire him. He's just he's just he's just. So himself, <laughs> he's he's got he's got his his schedule and he's keeping to it, Nick. Um, uh, this is such a wild end of the chapter to be like, oh, this is where Vivi is and Wapple too, I guess. <laughs> like, it, it really does feel like um, Smash. Like, they get <laughs> everybody's here. <laughs> Every character. You That's need right. To know we about. know. We know that you've been what you've been waiting for. Thirty more Fire Emblem characters. We know you've been waiting for. Oh, you're not going to believe this, guys. Banjo and Kazooie are here. <gasps> Sora's here. <gasps> the Piranha Plant is here. Yes. <laughs> Just, oh. I mean, uh, that's kind of interesting. I mean, that's interesting. Is, is it yeah. PD Piranha? Like, no, just no, a generic turns, Piranha Plant. His final smash is he turns into PD Piranha, but he's just a Piranha Plant. <laughs> oh, well, you could kind of do that with, like, anything then, right? No. <laughs> no could you just have, like, a Metroid be, like, a character then? Like, anything nope. could be? <laughs> okay. Nope. Uh, this is the Pikachu uh, that is in the game. Uh, yeah, everybody's here. Jin has to then show up just mathematically. If everybody's oh, going to show up eventually, any character who's not established to be dead will show up in here. I, I'm feeling it. Yeah, I mean, it's a very interesting twist to have revealed like, oh, Vivi got out <laughs> because the freaking big news Morgan took her in. Because uh, we don't find out anything about his motivations for that. Uh, also, Wapples here. Just That's the more interesting thing to me. <laughs> two characters. Like, I, it was when I read this chapter initially, I did literally, you know, I turned to the page where it's revealed and I was like, oh, wow. Oh, that's where Vivi is. And then, like, it just it was like the camera panned over for me and it's like, oh, Wapples there too. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Um, but here we are. There's, um, it's, it is a very one piece chapter, you know, there, it's cutting around to a lot of different things. There's a lot of, you know, new revelations that aren't going to be followed up on for, let's face it, three months minimum. Uh, just not going to find out what's going on with Vivi until then. I feel like we might find out what's going on with this flashback that Bonnie's in much more. Yes. Much I feel like that's coming but... up soon and I am prepared for it to emotionally destroy me 
Mm. Like, I fully expect to just be openly sobbing by the end of that chapter. And that's okay. Like, that's okay. We only had the gray outlined uh, panels yeah. for this flashback. So we aren't fully into heartbreak territory. I'm already a little emotional and we haven't even gotten to like what actually happened yet. So yeah, It's just a child being beaten up and wanting to die, Quinn. What's so heartbreaking about that? Yeah, nothing. Nothing for nobody. All right, Nick, I it, we reached the end. I realized I didn't ask you any icebreaker questions. That's, so I guess I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add to do a whole bunch of them real quick. What did what did you eat for breakfast? Uh, cereal. Okay, the zombie apocalypse is coming. Who are three people you <laughs> want on your team? <laughs> on my team? On your team? Yeah. You get okay. So if we, I mean, we can assume like emotional connections and stuff. So I'm going to say that this is the people who will carry the people I have emotional connections to through the situation. So uh, we're gonna go with um bullseye from marvel comics because oh. he'll headshot them <laughs> that's good uh and we'll go with um charmy from black clover because oh, she'll okay. make us all food <laughs> oh okay oh so you're you're creating magical like a magical team okay Yes, okay. I, I, you didn't say it had to be real people. So. Well, I mean, at this point, why don't you just like, I don't know, I get like fucking Chopper who like reverse engineers the virus and cures it. I can't. I, I'm look, I'm getting to that. Don't, okay. don't spoil okay. the way that don't spoil the way that my zombie arc ends on chapter four. OK, okay. So, <laughs> uh, Bullseye, who's murdering everybody. I'm also a little bit uh, he has unscrupulous morals, so we'll see how that plays out. But then Charmy. And you get yeah. one more. Uh, then it'll be. Um, what was the name of the character that. Um, overpowered the zombies in Bleach. The really, oh. creep, the really creepy guy that like could overpower that could like mind control the zombies. It wasn't Pepe, was it? <laughs> Pepe, 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 something along those lines. The really creepy guy with the weird beard. <laughs> so he'll just take over the zombies. I don't like your team at all. I don't, I don't want to be on your team. I'll find well, my like I, team. Like I said, it's just for pure utility. Like, I don't have any emotional connection to these guys. So, uh, I mean, why not just pick Lily on a vest then for Magic the Gathering? She can control zombies. Because I don't know anything about Liliana Vesquin. Okay, that's fair. Uh, what's your most used emoji? I don't use emojis. <laughs> that's legitimately I don't. I use I don't know what the actual name for it. It's just I, I call it the sub eyes emoji because only subs use it. <laughs> it's just like the eyes that look up pleading, like oh. Um, uh, 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 actually, uh, thumbs up. I do. I do use a there thumbs up uh, emoji occasionally because it's just. A, a, an easy way to convey like approval so oh if you were a wrestler nick what would be your entrance theme song i have actually thought about this it would be <laughs> this um, is where you whip out like a like a list like it just unfurls <laughs> well it's unfortunate because the answer was going to be dvorak's fifth uh straight up but now walter just uses that uh this was before that it, there was this like awesome metal cover of it that i had found uh before so uh now I can't name remember even remember the name of the song that I would have used, but it's some from it's from an anime soundtrack, and I I have vibe to it. 
but uh, I can't remember the name of it for the life of me, unfortunately. Uh, all right. Uh, does your current car have a name? Yes. Yeah. Dongo. Oh, I like that one. Oh, here are great icebreaker questions that divided it here. Uh, what's your... Eh, what would be your talent if you were Miss or Mr. World? What? Oh, like if I were in the beauty pageant thing? Yeah, sure. <sighs> really bad at those. Like, I... I, I, I I don't do talent show stuff. Like I, I learned to do a card trick when I, when I, when I did a talent, when I did a talent show one time, and that was when I was like ten. So it's not even a good card trick. So I guess that's my answer. A card All trick. Right. Well, now I feel like we finally broken the ice. It's time to start this podcast, Nick, by talking about our MVPs and chapter of the week. That's right. Also, appropriately enough, there were a number of iterations of ice uh, in in uh, the series this week. Uh, Luna used a bunch of ice spells. There was the ice cold reading in yes. uh, in Cipher Academy, uh, and uh, there was a mention of Iceberg in One Piece. That so is true. Iceberg reference twenty twenty three. Him and Wapple, everyone's favorite characters. That's the Absolutely. slash fic I want to see. Um, so I will say my favorite series this week was Cipher Academy, and I'm not ashamed to say it. It was legitimately a good chapter. And I thought it was fucking dope. So deal with it. Yeah. Actually, I'm going I'm to second seeing, you. I'm seeing other people are picking it. So maybe I'm not so crazy. I'm going to second you. I really liked Cypher Academy the, uh, this week. Um, I will say that Mashal was very funny and I almost picked it. Uh, it was nice to see the final battle happen and us get back into silly shenanigans as opposed to getting away from them even more like we had done for the most part in the Doom fight. Uh, but Cyber Academy, like there were so many, like, like if you just separate, like the fact that you can't really follow along with the actual code stuff, the way it's playing out plays out is very good. This is what comes of watching Yu-Gi-Oh! Basically, yeah. <laughs> it's understanding that the mechanics are secondary. <laughs> so exactly. Um, I think for my character of the week, I'm going to give it to Nayuta from Chainsaw Man. Uh, she just this is the first time we've actually gotten to see her and it's kind of hard not to like have a lot of like feelings on like what is this girl's personality like this like you know there's a lot of like complicated feelings like oh like an adorable little kid she's got grown up like denji but she's got a little bit of makama in her too and it, it, it creates interesting thoughts yeah we're, we're we're a match this week it was <sighs> i feel like this was kind of predictable for us in terms of what we were getting with just because there wasn't a whole lot of super exceptional stuff this week um i will say that i did consider honestly just having it be asa again just because that bit towards the end of the chapter where she just kind of tries to force herself to not be sad about getting dumped uh is really really good yeah uh but i'll now you'd have made a really big impression, and I have to definitely acknowledge that. Absolutely. Uh, the audience, by the way, picked Elusive Samurai as their chapter of the week, and Nayuta from Chainsaw Man won character of the week. So there you go. Well, understandable in all fronts. All right, guys. That is going to do it for Weekly Manga Recap this week. So thank you all for joining us. We record the show here on twitch.tv slash T. <sighs> Usually around 7.30, 
p.m. Wednesdays Eastern Time. Uh, but sometimes we do need to change things up. We can't post it to Twitter anymore, so join the Discord server. <laughs> do it, guys. We have great, great community on Discord. Uh, conversations about chapters when they come out prior to the show. There's discussion. There's people discussing as they read along with us when we're talking about a recommendation. And there's just like general like game nights and and wonderful and a wonderful community associated with. Uh, uh, with the show and uh, also you can use it to find the google doc that ninja x3i maintains which keeps track of all sorts of fun statistics associated with the show votes favorite series and mvps and other stuff and stuff that we've covered by the way if you have a recommendation for us that you want us to check out you should probably start dropping that because we're going to be trying to get to fma next week after uh, the time that we know you guys have been waiting for it that's going to be a discussion uh <laughs> i feel like it'd be great um, if we get in there like eh, it's good it's good it's pretty right. good. well you're back damia uh so if you got some recommendations you want us to check something out now is a good time to add those because we're gonna need a new series to to key up in order to talk about that one uh and uh, we also want to just thank everyone who helps us out uh, in supporting the show anyone who has ever just like you know taking some time to, to leave a comment uh or and hang out in the chat. Uh, people who support us on Patreon over at patreon.com slash weekly manga recap. And uh, Ninja X3I, as, as uh, said before, Steve Mann, our tile card artist, whose work you can see on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash weekly manga recap. And you can also check out his other work wherever boobs are allowed to be drawn on the internet if you search for Steve Mann art. And uh, speaking of the YouTube, uh, Milo Jack Stillitz and Winston Del Cheddar created an opening sequence that you can see in the video version. Uh, that plays the beginning of each episode. And uh, that's uh, that's about going to do it. Listen to the podcast in different places. We're on weeklywhatmangarecap.poppy.com. We're on iTunes. We're on uh, Spotify. Yes. All right. That's it. Do we have yes. uh, a thing we want to... I guess I should have I should have saved the icebreaker page. We could have asked ourselves icebreaker questions to leave. Yeah, uh, I guess so. I don't know where I'm ever going to come up with questions as good as what did you have for breakfast? So I think we should just leave. Crispix. Is that the kind of cereal? Yes. Mm. It's uh, you can get in, it in big boxes. You're riveting. <laughs> yes. Look, no. Let me tell you about my cereal choices, Quinn. So I like Cracklin Oak Brand, but unfortunately, it comes in small boxes and the serving size, you know, it's like they say like, oh, you know, this like fills you up and stuff. But it's like, no, I want to get a bunch of those things because they 